Welcome to the Your Story Matters podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Mason City Schools, where we celebrate and learn from our community stories. We're so glad you've joined us today. This is Tracy Carson, the Public Information Officer at Mason City Schools, and I'm joined today with Mason Dad, David Charpentier, who's he lived in Deerfield Township and been a Mason dad here for 13 years in our community. He and his wife, Susan, have um, four Mason Comets of their own. He is the owner of his own business, um, and he works out of the Orca Center located right in downtown mm-hmm. Mason. He's also the commander of the American Legion in town and is a, a veteran. We're so grateful for his service, and we're so grateful that you joined us on the podcast today. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Tracy. So <clears throat> I know that you're familiar with our podcast because you've been listening with your family to the Your Story Matters podcast. Tell us tell us what your rhythm is. Yeah, so... My my youngest, who's a fourth grader, he didn't like the number of Gaga pits, and uh, at he wanted more. So he's like, "Dad, I'm going to go." I'm, and, I, and for our listeners, just yeah. explain what a Gaga Gaga pit is. It's a very. Uh, do you want me to explain? Yeah, you probably because <laughs> I don't really know exactly. But well, yeah. there are these there are these kind of pits. If you look at them, they almost look like little pens that you would yeah. put animals in. Like instead, a little piglet or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but instead, it's a it's a little kind of. Uh, you know, round kind of shape, and then kids throw balls, and it's sort of like um, like a dodge like a dodgeball. Like dodge yeah. and, and when you're out, you're out, you're out. Yeah. So he wanted more, and he he set up, uh, or he wanted to meet. So he comes home all excited. I want to meet with Mr. Powell. So I set up time for him to go meet Mr. Powell, and I'm like, well, dude, if you're going to meet with him, you need to learn about him. So then we. Pulled up the podcast, and while they're eating breakfast, we listen to it, and we've listened to uh, Eric Messers, and we've just kind of been going through when they come out, and so they learn about Mason. Well, we're so excited that they are, and we can't wait to hear his uh, review of your podcast. No, we'll skip It'll this be... one. We'll skip this one. <laughs> <laughs> they hear way too many of my stories. Well, we are um, really glad to have you with us, and really, what it'd be great for us to know kind of what, what brought you to this area. So what brought me to the greater Cincinnati area, I grew up in Minnesota. And when I got out of the service, I got a, uh, a job here, largely because I was seeing a, a woman from the area. And so we moved here. And uh, then when my wife and I, my wife and I were both divorced, we met our boys. We, neither of us lived in this area. Uh, and we decided to move here because of Mason schools and the community. And we are very, very glad and grateful we made that decision. We love where we are. We love the the city. We love the township. We just like, love being a part of this community. We feel lucky to be here for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think um, you bring up a good point of kind of that, that blended family piece. I know you have two juniors. Yes, uh, we have two juniors. Uh, you know, how, how, was, how was that as you, as you kind of brought your family to brought your families together? So we we met because our boys were at the same daycare and depending on if you ask Susan or if you ask me the story but I always say she asked me on a play date <laughs> um but uh it really there's a sign in our house that says because two people fell in love and and we joked that it was kind of the boys who first had relationship and and I will also say it's been a really difficult um journey 
to, to try to blend the family. And we have certainly had ups and downs and twists and turns and we wouldn't do it any other way. And, and it can be a, a unique challenge because of the dynamics that come with, uh, being a step parent, having to deal with other parents. It's, it's a, it's a different approach to, you know, one of the things that we really think about in Mason is that families come in all shapes yeah. and sizes and, and, and versions and that it's so important that we that that we as a community support each other no matter what yeah. our families look like and yeah. the dynamics of that. Because at the end of the day, we all love our kids. Yeah, and I th- one of the things we my Susan and I talk about a lot is the more people that love our kids, the better. Yeah. And so when you think about uh, you know my my ex is married again, and you know Jackson, my son has a great relationship with his stepdad, and sometimes it's like oh. And he loves Jackson. And the more people that love Jackson, the better. So I, And that's one of the things I appreciate about this community, that people genuinely care for each other. It, it's so true. We, we talked a little bit, at, you know, up at the front, I mentioned um, your service to our, to our country. And I know you are a ranger. Um, and that is such a commitment. We're heading into, um, you know, Veterans Day. And some, you know, in my experience, veterans are so humble and don't talk a, probably a lot about their service, but we're also getting fewer and fewer of us who have someone who's actively served in their family, and, and we know that we've had long conflicts, and we're, many of us look at that from afar and don't have the, um, haven't had the firsthand experience of knowing the, the sacrifice that our veterans have made and also the sacrifice that their families have made. Can you talk a little bit about your um, service? And then also now you're in a position as the commander of the American Legion to know so many of our veterans and kind of what what do our veterans want from us as mm-hmm. a community? I think I was at a, a conference this past weekend and a gentleman spoke and he and he, he he was an engineer, so he, he brought he, he did two Venn diagrams, and he's a post-9-11 veteran, and he said he, he, people look at veterans and say they're heroes is one kind of way people look at veterans, and then the other is kind of this notion that they're broken, right? Mm-hmm. And in the middle is this broken hero, and for sure there are heroes, in the in the military, sir, you know uh, guys like Kyle Carpenter and Sal Junta and Dakota Meyer, you know Leroy Petrie, Medal of Honor recipients. And and if you ever have an opportunity to speak to a Medal of Honor recipient, every one of them is in, incredibly humble. I'm just doing my job. But those guys are heroes in in that sense. And there are veterans who are broken, both physically and emotionally and mentally, but largely. We're like everybody else. We just served, and I, for me, I I appreciate when people say thank you for serving, but I loved it. It was the time of my life to, and an honor and a privilege to serve. Uh, so I think, I think it's important to ask veterans what was it like to serve. What you know, what are, what are your memories? What were the highs? What were the lows? Those, I think, when people ask those questions, typically we're, we're willing to t- 
talk about it. And I think that can help bridge that gap because you're right. Less than 1% today serve. You know, during World War II, it was about 10% of the population served. Today, it's less than 1%. We've been in conflict for 18 years. Hmm. 18 years we've had boots on the ground in Afghanistan, and less than 1% of our population has served. So though this, this today's generation of veteran, you know, we hear references to the greatest generation. I think any generation who serves, that's the greatest. This is the greatest. These are the greatest of this generation. And I see these young people coming back in there. They're entrepreneurs. They're um, changing how we uh, look at veterans. They're an active organization. There's an organization called Team Rubicon that is a disaster response organization and they have a network of veterans who are affiliated to team rubicon they sign up they give their contact information and you get deployment orders if there's a natural disaster somewhere they'll pull together folks who volunteer their time and use their military training that common training that we have to come together and and serve the community that's what i see today's generation similar to i think to to everyone in that generation, they want to live lives of purpose. And I see that in today's generation. Well, we're certainly grateful for that service and appreciate thinking through how we can break the myth of just classifying everyone as a broken hero, yeah. because um, that isn't the way. I love what you said, that these are these are good uh, neighbors of ours who have lots to give. Um but you also were instructive in saying, so I'll just turn the question to you. What was your favorite oh. uh, memory of being uh, of, of being a ranger? Uh, I, I remember, so I, I served during peacetime. So I served from 93 to 99. And uh, the, the battalion I was a part of went to Canada to do an exercise, a joint exercise with the Canadians. And it was in New, Brun- uh, New Brunswick. They were, this Canadian unit was getting ready to deploy to Europe to help in Kosovo. And we had a field artillery officer. I was part of a battalion staff who was a little, you know, he kind of had a screw loose. <laughs> and we're in the, really we're in the forest in, in uh, I, I guess, in New Brunswick. And a black bear comes wandering oh in. Oh, my gosh. And he got so excited, he jumped off the out of his Humvee and started chasing the bear into the woods. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's just the story I come up with. But that, there's a, uh, a bond of shared misery that I think, if I think about uh, you know, ranger school and uh, in Florida, not having eaten and, you know, being emaciated and... There's an opportunity to do an, uh, a helicopter insertion, and the pilots all come from Fort Rucker, Alabama, and they, uh, they're instructor pilots. And uh, the story goes that way back in the day, there was an instructor pilot who, uh, who crashed, and they stopped a ranger school class to help go find this crash site and help find the pilot. So now all those pilots come, and they bring food. And it's the pogie bird, and it's about an eight-minute ride in the helicopter, and they open up coolers just full of, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and Snickers bars, and you can't really appreciate, or at least, you know, I don't know, maybe you can appreciate it 
in the 62 days I was in ranger school, I lost 35 pounds. Oh, my. So it's a great diet, but I didn't need to lose Ugh. weight back then. Um, so eating that food was a, yeah, one of my favorite times. Oh, well, we, um, like I said, I think even knowing um, the American Legion is mm-hmm. a resource right here in town. Yeah. I know you do um, a, a breakfast yeah. monthly. Is that something that's open to community yeah, members? The, the, the Legion. So we have three ways to be a member of the American Legion. You can be like myself, someone who is a, uh, who has served. You can be a son of the American Legion. So if your father or grandfather served, or if you um, and I apologize for, and if the American Legion hears me say this, I might get in trouble. But you know, it was founded a hundred years ago. So we have a Sons of the American Legion, and we have an auxiliary. And gratefully, now the auxiliary is opened up to men and women. So if you are a husband of a service member, you can also be a member of the auxiliary. Um, yeah, we have four. Yes, yeah, so we have breakfast. It's normally the second Saturday of the month. This month in November, the Qantas always has their pancake breakfast. So we move to the Which first. Which we appreciate yeah. again, being good community partners. We have such good people. I know you just came from the Kiwanis. I meeting, know, so. I do. I, I, I do rep lots of loyalty yes. to my Mason Kiwanis club. So yeah, we have breakfast. It's 8 to noon on the second Saturday. $8 all you can eat for adults. $4 kids, 12 and under. Uh, we support top soccer locally. Uh, we support the Comet Cupboard and the Girl Scouts who do those things. So for us, it's important. Uh, you know, our, our number one job is to take care of each other as veterans. And we want to promote child welfare, Americanism. We are uh, one of the larger sponsors of the Common Ground Park and the Parks Foundation. So for us, being active members of the community is how we continue to serve. Well, we are grateful for that service and certainly see it um, uh, in, in so many ways. You know, when we think about who you are today, this person Mm -hmm. who's lived this kind of exciting life in many ways, and Mm -hmm. now um, even with your entrepreneurial spirit and and what that means, you talk a lot in your work um, in coaching other business leaders Mm -hmm. on emotional intelligence and all those kinds of things. Somehow you... That you were shaped in that through school along the way. What what kind of student were you? I really enjoyed uh, the social aspect of school. I was a good student. Um, I went to a relatively large high school. I had six hundred kids in my graduating class, and I uh, I had some great teachers. My two really stand out: um, Chuck Brooks, who is a high school English teacher, and English was probably my least favorite subject but chuck was just a a a great guy and we we still communicate today he's a retired uh english teacher and the other was my choir teacher uh steve balky and steve's daughter mary and i dated for a while but beyond that uh steve gave me a love and appreciation for music he's also a veteran and certainly that spirit of service was evident in everything that he did. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I did all right in school, but it wasn't <laughs> my favorite thing to do. You know, it it is funny, though, to think of the kind of opportunities and the things that shape us and those people mm-hmm. the, are, are so important. We feel that in, in ways where um, 
in, in our culture, we've been working a lot on that building meaningful relationships. Yeah. It's a big part of our comic culture. And we can all think back to that, that special yeah. teacher. I know with the work that you do, it's also about culture. And you've been part of some of our business leaders who've been watching what's been happening as we mm-hmm. roll out our E plus R equals O. And maybe just um, how do you see that and even how it's playing out in your own family? Well, my kids hate it because <laughs> <laughs> I remind them frequently that an event happened and they're responsible for their own reaction. Um, the other work that I do really is is around people understanding themselves mm-hmm. and how they operate. And I use a uh, the Enneagram as kind of the base of my practice for you for self-discovery and self-awareness. And how we connect is diverse. How we communicate is diverse. How we solve conflict or avoid conflict or all of those things. So I love what the schools are doing. And I was having a conversation last night. I was at conferences and, and my one of my boys is not the most prolific handwriter. And I thought, you know what? I don't care because... He can type, and he can also use voice to text. So watching how this unfolds and seeing, though, that the importance in, of how he communicates and how he connects with people one-to-one, uh, I sat down and watched him present to Mr. Powell and really wanted him to take the lead. So I've, I've as I see Mason City Schools do that, see, take that leap to really work on what I believe to be the most important part and the most critical factor in success and that is the soft skills or this emotional intelligence it's way you know you might be a math whiz but if you can't communicate with the person next to you about what you just solved what does it matter that's right well and that dovetails right into our work with personalized learning because it's really helping each learner know how they learn best, know about themselves, developing a learner profile that then they can share with their teachers to say, this is what I need. Um, This is how, and and knowing that we're in a place where I can Google a whole lot of information, but how do I know, one, how to evaluate what is actually real, and two, how to... um, sell myself, sell my ideas, know how to listen well and empathize. All those things yeah. are the, the underpinning of what we're really trying to do. Right. That passion, that purpose that, that people find being able to let that come out. I, I love that. So how's your life been different than what you'd imagined? <laughs> well, incredibly, I think uh, I went to school, believe it or not, Tracy, I, I went to school to be a teacher. Uh, I was one credit short of being a social studies uh, secondary education. I think you would have been really great. I might have done okay. <laughs> I, I have a history degree, and I, so I was a, I don't know, like an anthropology class away from having my social studies degree. And I student taught, did the whole thing, and then I was commissioned in the Army. And for a long time, I thought I would stay in and retire in the service. And so I don't know that I could have predicted all of the uh, – twists and turns of life. I was a stay-at-home dad for a number of years and being a yo I never dreamed I would teach yoga. Uh, so I think the variety, just that life has unfolded in ways I never could have imagined and to embrace those and let them be a part of the story. 
very wise advice and knowing that sometimes the the uh the circuitous route is the best one you know yeah that you kind of land where you're supposed to yes i I, sometimes i i wish i would be a better learner when things were good (laughs) and not have to make it hurt so bad to learn but you know i'll I'll take the pain with the joy yeah we we sometimes learn the most in those moments is what i have learned it's not a sometimes for me (laughs) it's always but so what do you envision or hope for for the next 10 years for our schools and our community? I would, my hope for the schools that we continue the path to be more engaged in the community, to let kids explore more what what motivates them, where they can find their passion, where they can find purpose, to see the connections expand into the business and community, into the trade communities, to allow kids to really explore and see and experience life not sitting at a desk and allow that to, to develop. So that, uh, for the community, I, can, I want to see us continue to come together. Uh, this is such a vibrant place. I know there are tons of people who are passionate and... I would like to see that continue, people to continue to be engaged in where we go, how that happens. Yeah. You know, I I find that I, I was thinking through one of the times that I've been with you in a place was last year we had our uh, Gold Star ceremony for our students who are, who have you know, volunteered to go into the military and you were sitting next to me and it, and I felt it was such a poignant moment because it, it that was an example of when the community comes together yeah. um, to really respect and thank those kids who are going into the service. Some are also going to ROTC or doing some other things, but there are kids who, who are going immediately enlisting. And, um, and, and you said a few words and I'd love for you to share just your thoughts for those young people. Mason is by and large, you know, 88% of our grads do go on to college, but there are, you know, and so it, it is a small number. We talked about it at the, mm-hmm. at the top of this, how, how few people do serve. Um, and we are so appreciative of those folks who, who answer that call, but I'd love for you to share just your thoughts for, for kids who are taking a different path. The opportunity, and I did both. I enlisted in the reserves and then I went through ROTC. The the one thing I will say I never questioned was the purpose that I had every day when I woke up and put on that uniform. And there are all kinds of other things happening in life, but I knew my purpose. I knew the mission. And that was a, an incredible part of life. And it, it's also one of the cha- some of the challenges people have, but for, for me, um, if you want to be, man, I, I'm stumbling on this, Tracy, I, because it's difficult for me to articulate how impactful it was for me to serve and to serve something greater than myself, to be a part of that community. And, you know, I was a suburban kid from St. Paul, Minnesota, and I served with, you know, people from the deep south, from the west, from who are rich, who are poor who didn't look like me, didn't dress, just the, the diversity of, of America comes together in, with a common purpose that I've yet to experience outside of that. So it really, 
when people say thank you to me, nah, it was a privilege. It was a privilege to serve uh, my brothers and sisters in arms, to to be a warfighter, to to have that sense of purpose. Is there's really no greater calling for me. Well, we are so grateful to those who answer that call and to their families who yes. um, really do sacrifice. Um, holidays, all the things that are the travel, the um, uncertainty that that accompanies that. But then knowing that we have people who 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 are willing to step in, and yeah. and our country is is where it is because of folks who do answer that call. What are you most proud of when it comes to Mason City Schools? I love the direction the risk taking that's happening right now because we could sit around and rest on hey we're excellent you know 60 percent of our kids graduate with 4.0 or better 88 percent go to college but now we can't if we keep doing what we've always been doing we're not going to be successful and so i love that mason city schools is saying no we have to do we have to change. If we want to stay relevant, if we want to continue to be the best, we have to change. So I think I, that's what I'm most proud of. And uh, you as a leadership group is doing a, you know, I'm not pumping your tires, but I guess I'm pumping your tires. You're doing a great job ensuring that we don't uh, sit idle, that we continue to push and move forward so that we can continue to be a vibrant learning place. I, I always describe Mason, um, and it's a reflection of our families that, w- you know, we have these really talented, incredible kids who come to us. We don't take that for granted at all. Um, and we have staff who I say have this fire in the belly. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a place where um, we, you know, people work really hard here. We're, now, we're also taking a hard look at ourselves and saying, is that healthy always? You know, that's sure. an important yeah. part of the conversation too, and one that we're paying increased attention to, certainly not just Mason. In fact, I know in the military, there's a lot of conversation about um, how we take care of our mental health as well, but, but it is important and, and we don't want to, we're always going to keep striving, but the thing that makes us really special to me is this kind of innovation that just permeates and people who just are always looking at the next iteration of how we get better. Yeah. So what brings you joy? My family. Yeah, my kids, for sure. Uh, ice cream, hockey, opera. Those are those all bring me joy. I love that. What a renaissance. Uh, what a renaissance man that is. I, ice cream, hockey, and opera. What's opera. your favorite opera? My favorite opera? Wow. Um... Probably the Magic Flute. I'm a big, I really like Mozart operas, so Magic Flute might be my favorite. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, so we always end our podcast uh-huh. with a comparison question. Oh, boy. Um, and so, because I learned something during this that I didn't know before, um, and I know you were you were lifting uh, earlier today. So I'm going to ask you comparison between what, what kind of workout you like better. It's going to be yoga or do it lifting weights. 
yoga <laughs> every day of the week, twice on Sunday. Yes. And, and what, what is it about yoga that fuels you and feeds you? Uh, the, well, I love the hour I spend on the mat because I'm, that's where I am. I am no other place than right on the mat. Well, we love that you take time to get centered with that because what you put out in the world is special. And we are grateful for your leadership in our community and also um, for helping kind of shepherd a vision of a community coming together to do um, the right thing by our kids and by our veterans. We're grateful for that. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for having me. We've reached the end of one of our stories. It's goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Mason City Schools Your Story Matters podcast, where we believe every unique story deserves an audience. If you know of someone who has a great story to tell, email Carson T at MasonOhioSchools.com. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more of our community stories.